It's Sam Swikowski here from the Fremantle Dockers, and you are listening to the Footy Mailbag Podcast with Damo and Ella. Hello and welcome to the Footy Mailbag. My name is Damo, and on this week's episode, we'll be talking about our own teams and team structure in general. But it wouldn't be the footy mailbag without my co-host, Clarky. How are you, my friend? I'm a very sad boy today, but we're here. Let's talk Supercoach. We're less than, what is it, less than two weeks now? Also, And hey, well, I'm definitely doing stuff with my team. If anybody tells you otherwise, they're liars. You alluded to it before. A bit of sad news this morning when Angus Brayshaw announced his immediate retirement from football owing to his history of head injuries. You know, as a Melbourne fan, how are you feeling about all that? I know he was a favourite of yours. Yeah, it's... It's hard to be upset when you know the decision was made based on very, very good medical advice. Um, You know, a lot of people will obviously talk about his past concussions. I don't want to get, I don't want to get too into the politics of it. Um, with the Maynard incident because I don't particularly want to wish Maynard any ill will, uh, which seems to have been what's going around at the moment in the, the sphere. I mean, the act is what it is. Um, and that's been discussed to hell, but I think, you know, it's really difficult to see someone, even with his past history, it's been over six years. Gus has been playing, you know, with his helmet, no precautions, and then they said there was that significant change after the incident last September. So he's been seeing the best neuroscience professionals for years. And when that decision you see is taken away from someone, that makes it all the more sadder because they don't get to leave on their own terms. And he's he's so charismatic. I just love that guy. Like, I yeah. There's, it's hard to put it into words. It's, I'm still raw, as you can tell. From where I'm sitting, it, and it feels weird to say that this is a highlight for me of his career, but I remember watching a Brownlow count a few years ago and he finished in third place and no one expected him to get anywhere near the top of the voting for Melbourne at, at, at all, but he finished in third place in the count and that's when I think a lot of the footy world sat up and took notice of this guy named Angus Brayshaw at the Melbourne Demons. He, um, that's when he really started to cement himself as one of the best players that Melbourne could offer um, that Demons had in their lineup. And, and then he has that steadying goal in the third quarter of your grand final yeah. victory that, oh yeah, <laughs> that just changed the momentum entirely where he went back with the ball, g- took that mark from that kick from Bowie and, and just slotted it nicely in a set shot and the game was off from there and Melbourne obviously became eventual premiers. And But there's so many moments that you could pinpoint from his games where he's made a difference, gone back with the flight, put his body on the line. And it's unfortunate that, that now his body and the doctors and his has told him that it's enough. He can't do it anymore. But what he brought to the, to the Melbourne Demons Football Club and what he's going to leave behind is going to be a, a pretty long-lasting legacy. Yeah, I always think of <laughs> my my go-to Gus moment is when he 
I can't remember exactly when it was against Collingwood, but he he kicked a massive goal and then just did this the iconic the golf swing uh, celebration afterwards, and I I just always associate with that because he's just a really likable guy. I think that's 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 the thing about it. He's so charismatic. He's really likable, and yeah, when like I said, it's it's sad to go that way, but. He's doing the best thing for himself, which is what we want all players to do. The best things for themselves. And yeah, health comes first, right? And we saw probably some of the best parts of the football world in the wake of this announcement with lots of clubs, players, and even fans from opposition clubs wishing Angus all the best in whatever he does next. And I know you do, and I definitely do here. So everyone here at the footy mailbag wishes Angus all the best in whatever he does in the future. And um, nothing can take away the fact that he's now a premiership player at the Melbourne Demons who's played over 150 games and represented the club on so many different occasions, just putting his body on the line. Yeah, agreed. Number 10, Angus Brayshaw. So as I said at the top of the show, we'll be talking about our own teams and team structure in general because it's been a big topic over the last few weeks with rookies and premiums and scoring and all that. So, Clarky, let's talk about our own teams first. I guess. How many premiums are you running on each line or are you thinking that you will need to run on each line? I like that you added thinking because I did send you a picture of my team, uh, which at the moment is currently empty. Um, because I'm trying not to overthink it this year. I'm trying to I'm trying to let the players pick themselves. But just just before you start, M and J from the coaches panel, he's been on the podcast a few times, and the coaches panel ha- has a YouTube channel which they're really firing up this preseason. And he posted a video the other day that he recommended everyone remove everything from their team. And pick again, just clean slate, pick again, create a narrative for every player you're picking, put a plan in place for everyone that you're picking and don't just pick the players that everyone else is selecting. And so if you've decided to clear your team and watch all the practice games and preseason games and then pick again later, perfectly viable, perfectly understandable um, tactic to build your team before the season begins because... Some people chop and change, take pieces out, take pieces in, and eventually your team can turn into this ugly monster that you just don't want to have to deal with later on. And some people sort of grin and bear it and fix it during the season, and some people sort of just give up because they've gone too far in the wrong direction. So you've said that you've cleared your team, but that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I know. That's why I did it. I agree. I agree on every in every aspect with um, with yourself and M- MJ on that one because you don't want to continue to build something new on top of something old, and it's okay to go. Okay, I should just start fresh. Uh, that being said, at the moment, the structure that I think I kind of want to hit for my minimum would be I'm, I'm looking at hoping to squeeze in three premium defenders, uh, at least four 
premium mids with uh, possibly a higher end mid pricer on the five. I have been running two premium rucks. So uh, two more expensive rucks in Grundy and Gorn. Uh, just because I like it. Why not? And in the, <laughs> the forward line. Well, 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 the forward line. I think I'll be lucky to find one, like, quote unquote, premium that I'm really interested in. It'll probably be my higher end guys are probably going to be guys that are maybe in that like 400, maybe I might slide a couple guys in there, but I'll probably be looking to find value there or at least wait to see what the patterns emerging are. Because I think as we've seen over this preseason, Damo, I don't know about yourself, but I have lost all faith in picking Jack McRae, who seemed like such a lock in December of last year. It's so difficult in the forward line where you pick a player, then you hear about their role and you go, that doesn't sound super coach friendly. And then you see them in a practice game and then they you'd confirmed that the role that they're playing isn't friendly. So you pull them out, you put someone else in and then it's almost a rinse repeat. And, and now people are, including myself, not even running a premium in, in their forward line and stacking the rest of their team, almost almost business in the back and party in the front, you know, the reverse mullet kind of thing with with, with, with their team. And, reverse um, mullet is very funny, by the way. And so, yeah, I mean, at the moment, my current structure is four primos in defense, six primos in the midfield, two primos in my... In, in my ruck line and then the, and then the rest of the money sort of scattered between mid prices and rookies in the, in the forward line. But the forward line is so difficult. There's so many different options. I hate people, it. Amo. I'm not afraid. I'll say it. I hate it. People, people are into Jack Billings, people, but if he's your F1, he's essentially your premium option. You're the backbone of your forward line sitting in F1. So what happens when Melbourne have their buy in round six? Who comes onto your field for Jack Billings and scores in his place? Is that going to be comparable? Is that someone that you want entering your best 18 scores? And it's kind of what we have to decide for the rest of the team as a whole because another discussion is how many round zero premiums is too many among the premiums that we're going to start? That look. We discussed this, was it last week, the week before? There's not really an exact number that is the the wrong number. The important thing is, and Damo, you highlighted this in our little, little warm-up pre-discussion that you and I were having, where the most important thing that you can do is to make sure that you have good coverage for those players if you're picking them. So ensuring that you have a spread, that covers you pretty well for those games that you can score admirably or, you know, hold on to in the case of if they're a premium for one week. So I think it's just making sure that you're not stacked too heavy in one direction. And there are the early buy round with Brisbane and Carlton followed up by the Giants and the Suns. Those ones are probably ones to focus more on just because there's so little data leading into those buy rounds. Whereas with the round five, six with Sydney, Collingwood, Melbourne and Richmond, you've got a bit more information and you know what sort of things you need to do to your team 
in the lead up to those buys, even though you've only got a couple of weeks, three or four weeks to sort it out, it's not as if you've got nothing to work with. Whereas with the first two round zero buys, there's almost nothing to work with in terms of preparing your team to cover those losses. Yeah. Yeah. Rookies are a big thing, obviously, in Supercoach, but people are starting to panic because the rookies we thought were locked in, there are some that probably aren't locked in anymore. Yeah, it's it's the nature of the beast when we're speculating in January and Feb before we actually see anything. Uh, I think as well, you know, and this is what I've always said, the rookies pick themselves because you kind of have to pick them. Otherwise, you don't have any cash generation. So we might even still at this point have probably one or two round one surprises, I think, at this stage. It was good to get a look at North Melbourne. Uh, I think that was probably one of the ones Colby McKercher seemed to have a pretty reasonable role that would carry him into round ones. That's good. Tick that one. Cross him off the list. Was there anyone who stood out for you, Damo? I thought Josh Gibkiss looked quite comfortable against your he boys did. as well. I don't think, well, I, I don't know if he's an on-field option, but I think... He certainly plays. I, th- I, I think he's embedded into that Richmond backline, meaning you've got some insurance there at the very least, whether you play him on-field or not. It's about It's more about who joins him in the backline because Zach Williams didn't line up for Carlton today, but they're saying he's on track. Um, we we don't we don't know what's happening with Nick Caulfield. Will Ethan Phillips get a game for Hawthorne? We don't know. He literally just got signed. Sam Closey was in the first rotation in the practice match for the Suns. Whether that means he's in their starting six or seven, I have no idea. But the rookie de- the rookies in the defense of Supercoach this year, it feels like we're going to ha- get fed some that we don't necessarily want to pick but have to pick for the sake of our starting structures. Other names that I think we can lock into our teams, Riley Sanders, the hype is there, and I think the hype is real. Jeremy Sharp has probably played his way into a starting 22 position at Fremantle. Um, And then the likes of Darcy Jones at the Giants is 123k mid coming off an ACL. He's been highlighted not only by the Giants this preseason for how well he has gone in his recovery, but he was highlighted all the way back in October by their recruiting manager that he was going to play in that Daniel Lloyd position now that Daniel Lloyd has retired. And they've pretty much followed through with that. So he's someone who we don't like picking small forwards as rookies because they're every chance to average about 40 and not make much a lot of cash. But a warm body is a warm body. Looking at how consistently we were playing in the back end of the year and the fact that that 23 that played in the prelim of that group, Daniel Lloyd's the only one who's not going to be at the club next year and and the rest of those guys we feel like will actually continue to grow and and get better. So we don't feel like we've got many holes. We've got Darcy Jones there who Mm. missed this year with an ACL that we think could hopefully grab that Daniel Lloyd spot. A warm body is a warm body. And speaking of warm bodies, uh, I think we do have to consider... And Damo, I apologise in advance. Uh, currently, as a time of recording, the Gold Coast uh, simulation match simulation is ongoing. 
Alex Sexton is very attractively priced. Now, Damo, I know you don't want to pick him. But, once again, a warm body is a warm body, and a warm body at $133,000 is a very, very cheap warm body. My issue with Alex Sexton isn't to, isn't to do with his role, isn't to do with anything to do with the whole scoring, role, price, whatever. It's... I think that rookies who have the round zero buy early are more of a problem than the premiums that have the early round zero buy. Because it makes sense to hold the premiums? No, but because... In that fourteen days between their between their last game and their next game, yeah, I have seen players get dropped out of nowhere on a on a buy and then never return. And <laughs> for some reason, yeah. Alec, Alex Sexton screams that sort of rookie to me. He's not. He's not a rookie though, is he? He's one hundred and thirty three k. So he's rookie priced. <laughs> that's but that's what I mean. Like he. He is within the system, and I think there is a there is the dimmer factor. Well, I don't think. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I might be talk- I might be talking completely out of my ass here. But dimmer seems the kind to really like having a set group. Like he doesn't seem like a guy who wants to mix and match his pieces too much. Like he has a vision of what he wants his puzzle to look like, and he doesn't want like a, just a random, oddly shaped piece in the middle of that. That he's like, "Oh, we'll just see if it fits." It's from another box, so I don't know. I feel like if he's named in that squad, it's as as with every football player, it's his position to lose. But I don't think we're in as much danger for someone like Alex Sexton, who's been in the system for as long as he has, and by all accounts, is trying out a few different things and being a bit more of a utility guy. So, uh, it might be too hard to pass up, Damo. It, 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 it might be, and he might end up in my team anyway, just because he's you there. And, you and legally he, have to. Because, just because he's there. But if I can get away with not selecting him and not losing that cash generation from not picking one player then I will probably try to go in an, in another direction from Alex Sexton. I feel the same way about Kylan Brown. Not in a, uh, like a seniority kind of sense, but he had a really good showing in the match simulation. But it's kind of the reverse thing where we know Simon Goodwin's going to have to try and figure out the Melbourne forward line. And Kylan Brown is a half forward forward type. So... He was really good and really cheap. And the same with Bailey Laurie, who I've seen people talking about from Melbourne. I like both of those players. But the trouble is, is that if Melbourne has one thing, it's depth. And I don't think... They're always one bad game away, I think, from being moved on. So we have to kind of pick our green ticks with a an asterisk sometimes. The one thing that I really like about Simon Goodwin is... If a player's been playing there all preseason, or re- the reports are that they were there all preseason, they usually get an extended run. Judd McVie sort of came out of nowhere and then played pretty much all season for Melbourne last year. That was pretty much out of nowhere. 
um, even after a pretty quiet preseason, if I remember correctly as well. So if they've been playing their all preseason and then they get a run in the round one team, Simon Goodwin will usually give them a chance for a few games and let them off if they have a bad game. And the greatest thing about Melbourne is they've got the round six by after round zero. So if that player is kind of stumbling around and not doing much at the round six by, take whatever cash that they have made, bank it and go to another rookie. That's it. Move them right on, baby. Sean Manor only played about a quarter and a half for Geelong in their practice match. He's in a lot of teams. I don't think he's going to be there round one, um, starting on the field at least. He could be the sub, but yeah, I don't think he's a rookie that we can pick anymore in Supercoach. Um, and he's a popular selection. Yeah, uh, just just a straight avoid on that one, listeners. I think at the moment... Uh, Jai Clark, I think, seemed to be the one who was getting a lot more exposure. Is that the is that the proper term? <laughs> he was the one that came on as soon as Cam Guthrie got injured. So, oh yeah, Cam Guthrie is dead, listeners. If he died again, it's truly sad. <laughs> groin, quad, hamstring. Everyone's reporting different things. We won't know until Geelong tell us how how long the term is of the injury. Um, probably still in better shape than Hawthorne's backline. <laughs> hey, hey, got him. Dropping like flies. Yeah, at, at, at Hawthorne. Yeah, so, probably. Um, I, I don't know if we've moved, we've kind of moved on to general super coach news chat, Damon. But I probably wouldn't be picking Sicily uh, on the back of the state of the Hawthorne backline, just because he might be required to do a few things that aren't exactly what we expect. Which could be a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah. So Sicily without uh, James Blank, I think we touched on this last week, might have to play more of an accountable role. Uh, now Denver Granger Barras is out with turf toe. Um, he caught that from Aaron Sanderlands, I think. And then uh, Will McCabe has gone down for 12 weeks with a back strain. So who are their key defenders left? Jai Sarong, who's only 190 centimetres, so not even key back size. And then Ethan Phillips, who they signed just a few days ago. So who knows what sort of role James Sisley is going to play? Who knows how they're going to structure their back line? Going to be a big watch for them in their practice match. Very good. We've got some listener questions, Clarky. Hey, they're back. This one, comes, we love you. this one comes from Matt Collins on Facebook. What do you think of picking Jack Hayes? If he has the role of playing forward and going through the ruck, I feel like he could be a good pick. Isn't Jack Hayes currently injured? Jack Hayes is not injured, Clarky. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. Um, but on debut, way back two years ago, when he was picked as an SSP signing for St. Kilda, he av- uh, he scored 127 on debut and then averaged 89.2 in his first four games b- before going down with his ACL injury. So 228K, he certainly got the capacity to outperform his price point. I just don't know if he's ahead of the likes of King, um, Membry or Caminiti at the moment. I think 
those other three guys have pushed past him in the pecking order. But the, if he plays, the price is right and the role is there, then I think he could be a good pick. I think you're right there. Sorry, I'm just I'm just checking it. Okay, <laughs> I was just fact checking myself because I feel like I've been going insane, Damo. Jack Hayes is the last report from Zane Kilda two days ago said that Jack Hayes is upping his load as he continues his path back from postseason surgery. I as, didn't is, even... as is James Van Ness. I uh... I didn't even know that he was injured. I... So, that just, so that just shows how much people have been reporting about St. Kilda this preseason. Yeah, this is from two days ago uh, on the on the St. Kilda website. So look, if that's the case, I think we need to tread with caution a little bit here because I felt like I was going crazy, but I feel like this proves that I'm not entirely crazy. If he is playing, there's probably a chance. St. Kilda need to get some freshness in there as well. So I think you kind of covered it off nicely, whether I think there's a few people that maybe are ahead of him. I like Jack Hayes, like the player, so it's hard for me. I think he's just had a really shit run of it, and I love an underdog where I'm like, I just want you to come back and just dominate. So, look, monitor closely and see how he's shaping up ahead of round one. Next question comes from Con Chrysanthu. I think I've said your name correctly, Con. Uh, This is also via Facebook. Should we be looking at Jordan Clark much closer now? Damo, oh, you have the floor. You have the floor, my my beautiful purple man. I'm going to say to you exactly what I said before we started recording when we were discussing the questions. I don't know, but because Hayden Young is no longer in that back line someone has to be the distributor now. And I don't know if that's going to be Luke Ryan or Jordan Clark. Jordan Clark was already averaging mid-80s. So if he plays that Hayden Young role and gets a 10, 12-point boost in his average for the season, that's probably not enough to be a top-six defender. But it's certainly someone that could be something for your back line to start the season. It's always nice when someone can be something. <laughs> it's it's it, it's 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 difficult because yeah because I don't know how that backline is going to look now that there's no Hayden Young, he's not moving back now that Heath Chapman is injured, and Heath Chapman is injured. So yeah, how how that backline sets up for the first couple of games, first three or four weeks, is got might be totally different to how it sets up once Heath Chapman is back. Yeah, it's going to be, look, it's going to be really interesting and it's really funny because, and I think I've stated this publicly on the show before now, guys, it's preseason. I've stated this, actually, you know, I've stated this exact thing that I'm about to say many times. It's preseason. We still don't know. <laughs> we we still, like, there's very little, like, credible, like, okay, so I didn't watch much of the match simulations. Damn, I don't know how you feel about match simulations. But match simulations in general to me, I'm like, what's the point? Because I'm I don't think I learnt a lot from the Mel like the Melbourne Richmond one. I watched a few of the highlights and I was like, oh yeah, cool. Melbourne's still shit. And we're doing the exact same things wrong that we did last year. Great. What does this mean for me super coach wise? Okay, Christian Petrarca is still good. That's it. <laughs> like 
because no one wants to get injured and you're still trying to figure things out. You don't want to end up like Hawthorne or West Coast last year. Like, I even question the viability of round zero for information. Because it's technically not, like, not official. Like, you might just put, put your VFL team in there. Whatever. What, what are they going to do? Debut 22 players. I dare one of the clubs to do it. So, I don't know. What, what's your take on match simulations in terms of their their viability for tangible information? I think you get, I think you get a lot more from the proper community series games where it's yeah, a okay. structured game. Yeah. But in your practice matches, there there was one that that was like, it's going to be four quarters with quarters one and three being 30 minutes and quarters two and four being 20 minutes with time on. Just just play the whole game the exact same way or do what the other clubs did where they played four games of best 22 or whatever it was and then four quarters of VFL and top-ups like... Make like don't change the game midway through the game because it makes it so much harder to get anything out of it because you can tell the teams aren't taking them seriously and why these are televised I don't know because whoever the clubs are I don't know if it's the club or, or KO <laughs> yeah. or Fox Sports or whatever I don't know who you're getting to commentate these things but the commentary is useless. <laughs> I've heard many things about this commentary and almost considered tuning in just to hear one. I believe Ed Ed Kerno was doing commentary for the Carlton Geelong match simulation today. Is that correct that I heard somewhere? Ed Kerno did the uh, Carlton Geelong game. Uh, Tom Rockcliffe was doing the Brisbane Tom Gold Rockcliffe. Coast one, and th- but he was with a play by play caller who had no idea who any of the other players were. I think he called a player at the Suns, Charlie Island. D- did he mean Charlie Ballard or did he mean Bodie Yuland? I don't know. Like what, what? <laughs> <laughs> they know about as much as we do. Damon. That's good. Potentially more, but that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do know. We do know significantly more. That's fine. You're correct. But yeah, I think, it's interesting. I think we'll still get a lot of information. Like you said, there's some things that we can take some information from and there's a whole lot of nothing in between. The biggest thing that you should be looking for, listeners, um, and Dame, I don't know if you agree or if you have any other tips, but what what really you should be looking for in match simulations, if you are watching them or paying attention, don't look at super coach scores. Don't look at don't don't look at their stats and go, oh yeah, yeah, like this would have been like a you know a ninety point game. You want to look at what they're doing, how often they're doing it, and the context in which they're doing it. So this is like a real this is a good chance for you to get your eye in for eye testing people in the regular season, because there's no point going, oh, and I'll just pick a random Melbourne player because that's all I can think of, you know, Matthew Jefferson. A Melbourne forward who still hasn't debuted in the AFL got some got some CBAs at some point in the Richmond game. He, he didn't actually. Once again, this is all example. Oh, that means like X Y Z. It doesn't. It's the context, right? They're, sometimes they just do things, but then you have other other times where you can go, oh, okay, I can see a midfield group here that's like Christian Petrarca, Tom Sparrow, Cosy Pickett at a CBA, and you go, okay, right, like there's. 
there's some information there that like that's a good core group that they've used before. Maybe they want to look at using it similar in the future. So really get your eye in and look at the context of why different things are happening and what people's roles are instead of focusing specifically on what they're doing. If Montempelli plays 10 minutes of a match simulation, that's not a bad thing. You'll expect that from him. So apply the same logic to other players. Like maybe they're getting minutes into young kids against AFL players. Maybe somebody's injured or somebody's attending a wedding. So I don't know if, Dan, if you've got any hot tips for our listeners for match sim. I'll just piggyback off what you said and I'll just, and the biggest thing I look for is role and comfort. What is their role and are they comfortable in that role? Does it work? Does that role work for that player? Role and comfort for that player. So the other day, did Colby McKercher and Harry Shazel work well together when they were both playing off half back? Yes. In fact, it looked like a deadly combination. So can you start Harry? Slapped. So can you start Harry Shazel? 100% you can. Can Is Colby McKercher a, a good rookie that you can start? Lock him in. Like, those two looked great together. Was the game a real game? No. Will there be, be games where one of them doesn't work with the other one? Of course there will be. Yeah. But, do, but do they work well together in that context? Is their role, is their comfort? Yes, yes. Sorry, while we are talking about North Melbourne, I will say I'm really, really, really excited to see Tristan Sherry against an, a Ruckman in a high contest situation because I really liked what I saw in the North match sim. Once again, role and comfort. Sure, you know, he wasn't going he wasn't going full steam, but liked what I saw and he is very, very cheap and could we could have a potential Matt Flynn from a couple of years ago situation, Damo. And I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna come I don't wanna get people all riled up here, but that's juicy. That's that's a whole extra premium in another line if you're not picking say an Ing Maybe not English. If you're not picking whoever your second Ruckman is, take your pick. Max Gorn. And you're going to Tristan Sherry. Well, oh, that's juicy. Anyway, we're in rambling territory now. Sorry. We are in rambling. I think we should probably wrap it up there before we get too far off track, Clarky. Um, oh, fine. Just before we finish up, though, um, we have formed a partnership with Supercoach Hub and Lifeline. There is a charity league being run this season. There is a $50 entry fee with $25 going to Lifeline and the rest into a prize pool. We will provide all the links on our socials. It really is a great initiative for a great cause because in case you didn't know, Lifeline is a 24-7 crisis support working towards an Australia free of suicide. Call 13 11 14 or text 0477 13 11 14 or chat on lifeline.org.au if you need their services. Worst things to be in a cash league for. And Supercoach Hub did everything. Um, Kano, he set this up, I yeah. believe. Like all the guys there, they've been really, really good with pr- promoting the Supercoach community this preseason. They've been really that just awesome work this preseason from those guys and this charity league going to a great cause just just tops off the great work that they've done. So Absolutely. go so go and check them out. Go and check out their network. They're um they're really great. Whether you play AFL and or NRL or BBL or whatever you play in Supercoach, go and check them out because they do a lot of great things for the community. 
And that's it for this episode of the Footy Mailbag. Clarky, it's been great to chat with you as always. It's always a pleasure. Now, listeners, this is this is the juicy part where I tell you thank you for listening, but also just take a second, take your phone out of your pocket. If you listen to us on your desktop, just pull pull up your little your little podcast platform of choice. Give us a rating. Give us if it gives you the option, you can give us a review if you want. And we would love to hear from you. So the ratings, the reviews, they all help us with engagement. They help get our podcast out to more people. The more people that listen to us ramble, it means that I can buy more shirts with dinosaurs on them. And that is good for everybody involved. Now, you can do that on Spotify. I know they'll let you do the ratings. Apple Podcasts, they'll let you do a review. They probably let let you do it on other platforms, but those are the two that I'm familiar with. If you can do that, that helps us greatly. Uh, I'm also going to shill and say I have another podcast called The Falcon and we have been talking to fans of each team. We've been trying to go through all 18 teams about their experience as a fan, their favorite moments, their past present players that they love. And if you can go and give us a listen, we would be very appreciative of that. We're gonna, there's an episode coming out about Richmond this week. So if you're a Richmond fan, this is probably one that you want to listen to and gush over your favorite moments with that with our beautiful, beautiful guests that we had on. And yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening as always. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here. We're blessed, aren't we, Damo? I'm blessed to have such a good co-host in yourself. Oh, thanks, Clarky. I should, I should come. I should compliment you back, but I kind of paused there because I panicked. <laughs> too many things. Too many things came to your head at once. That's it's understandable. It happens more I, often. Than I, you I, think. I had I had something else to plug, and that was lined up. But then you complimented me, and I panicked. But yeah, no, it's I I love coming every week and having a ch- chat about Supercoach with you. It's uh, it it helps me unload all my thoughts for the week. That's it. That's that's it, and you know what? We embody the most important thing about Supercoach. That Supercoach is meant to be fun, guys. <laughs> Supercoach is meant to be fun. Damo and I do this because we're really like we're great mates, and it's fun to play Supercoach. So send us your questions, we'll answer them, and we'll all have fun along the way. Damo, you have something else that we need to plug? <laughs> do we have anything else? I Clarky, there's still time to join the mailbag league for yes, your the mail chance league. to win a mailbag tee for best team name and the highest ranking team at the end of the season will also win a fifty dollar AFL store voucher. Code for the league is four two two eight nine nine. Again, code for the league is four two two eight nine. Nine And if you have a league of your own that you want to give the winner something to brag about, you can head to supercoachchampion.com to get your league champion their very own Super Bowl-style ring. Clarky, I did it. Delicious, we did it. And yeah, you definitely want to join that footy mailbag league because it's going to be really awkward if you just let a guy win a t-shirt for his own podcast and that guy being me. So come and knock me down a peg, listeners. You have been listening to the Footy Mailbag. Don't miss a thing from us this preseason. All the relevant links will be in the description of this episode, and we'll talk next time. Bye.